0: Welcome to the offering—a bi-monthly conversation between four friends
1: who share their experiences from an intersectional lens. My name is Christy. I'm Jirabina. I'm Josie, and I'm Paula.
0: <laughs> Get that shit out! Get off! Get out!
1: <laughs>
0: oh, we started. Oh. Ah. We're back, y'all. Hey. Hi. Okay, so this
2: is what happened. I have a lot of energy, like, not drunk, not nothing. I just have a lot of energy, which is, like, a rare thing. But, and then these bitches are, like, it's okay. And what? I,
1: what do you mean?
2: I'm just saying that, like, I'm, like, up here.
0: And we're down here. And you're, like, I'm, which like, we'll get there,
1: though. Yeah.
0: we get there. I after so. a And a few we're drinks, enjoying right? being energetic. I, I know. know. I said after a few drinks, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, she Not after speaking for drinks. me. Yes. But also,
2: I think this is, this is this just leads right into today's topic, because I've been really low energy for the past few weeks, because chronic pain, haven't been sleeping, depression, anxiety, and you know what we're talking about today? <laughs> 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 Yo. <laughs> we're talking about depression and anxiety, anxiety and depression, the two sisters that were not to fuck people's lives. <clears throat> so bad, yeah. But... As y'all know, before we get into all of that, we gotta talk about it's canceled.
0: It's canceled. What's canceled? Tell us what's canceled. Uh -uh. What's canceled
2: is when someone has anxiety, when someone suffers from anxiety, and they're talking to you, right? And they're telling you about all the shit that's worrying them, and they might be talking a little fast, and you might be like, whoa, I'm anxious too now, just hearing you talk. (laughs) And then you like telling them, Calm down, don't be nervous, it's gonna be okay. Or even worse, you're like, what you need to do is. Let me tell you something. Did this person ask you to say something? Mm. If they didn't, then don't do it. Because what you're doing is triggering their anxiety even further. If anyone is coming to you being anxious and you think that you're helping them by giving them a to do this that they didn't ask for, you are most definitely not. What you're doing is pointing out all of the things that they haven't done that they need to worry about now. So just don't. When someone is anxious, let them talk to you, let them get their thoughts out, and then you can ask, how can I help you? And if they're like, if you can help me figure out what I need to do next, then you do that. But don't offer shit that nobody asked for. Even, Even if it's coming from a nice place, from a cute place, from a lovely place, from a place that you love, whatever, we don't want it. It makes us more anxious. So just keep it to yourself.
1: Hmm.
0: Facts. Amen. Facts.
3: <laughs>
0: so how would we define anxiety and depression? What are they and how are they different?
2: Well, I think oftentimes I when I think of anxiety and depression, I think of like these like two bullies that just hang out together yeah it's like they tap out it's like oh anxiety boom boom, boom 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 bitch you dead <laughs> yeah and then, and then you get up and then the other one and then the pressure comes like boom boom, boom, boom bitch you dead and then yeah. anxiety comes again or they take breaks um
0: or they happen at the same time yeah.
2: right they,
3: they gang up on you
2: yeah which is that's real fun huh isn't it <laughs> <laughs> But in thinking of defining anxiety, um, we're talking about how it's all rooted in, in fear. And sometimes it's around future events and things that
1: oftentimes you can't control. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just worrying about something. It's about over worrying about something and thinking about every little minute detail that has to do with something to come up. Mm-hmm. Or something mm-hmm. that might come up. Yeah. And it works in a spectrum, right? Like, there is anxiety that we all feel, right? Like, if you're going
2: for a job interview, if you're doing a transition in your life, if like some shit's going on that you can't control, like, you're going to feel anxious. We, most humans, tend to feel anxiety. But to be diagnosed with something like generalized anxiety, for example, anxiety disorder, you will need to have these symptoms. Kind of like pretty much daily or most days for at least six months. So when you think about having a an anxiety disorder, it's not just like I'm anxious today and then I'm anxious two weeks from now. It's like I am anxious almost every day of every week for at least six months.
3: And it then also gets in the way of your daily functioning, right? Right. Which is like the other piece of like what makes a disorder what makes that disorder a actual disorder Mm -hmm. right right so you're feeling so anxious that you know you are not going to that job interview because you're like so petrified of a rejection or what that's gonna be like or you're so you're feeling anxiety around like leaving your house or um you know Mm -hmm. think about like social anxiety right folks that um, experience social anxiety like w- will not be caught dead at a bar or in social situations because it's just like it, it just produces such worry and such fear that they just avoid it altogether. And so, right, you know, we do need social interactions yeah. to it's, be healthy. It's yeah. kind
0: of like when you like see a bear, right, and you get scared, and then, um, but the thing about the anxiety, there's no bear and you're not. Running away from anything, but you're still having all of those feelings that you're in danger, like your heart's still racing. Mm-hmm. Is you know, it feels like a threat, although there's no physical threat, right?
2: And it might not make sense to other people. Um, mm-hmm. well, I was talking to my beautiful queens over here a few days ago about like. The way I see anxiety is kind of like if you wear glasses, you would know. It's like when your glasses like fogged up or like they have condensation in them that you kind of see blurry, right? So when you have anxiety, that's how you see the world. It's like you could see the reality. You could see there's no immediate danger. Yet your vision is unclear. And so then you you feel like you have to overcorrect and figure out what's going to happen to make sure that you're okay. It's Mm -hmm. kind of about self-preservation and making sure that you're going to be fine for the things that you can't control. And because you can't control them, right? Then it's like this, like in a way, almost pointless task. Because it's like you can't change it anyway.
0: Right.
2: But still, you worry about it all the time.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> depression is a mood disorder, and similarly affects the way that we function. So, it affects how you feel, how you think, how you handle daily activities like sleeping, or eating, or working. Um, and to be diagnosed with depression on a clinical level, it has to last at least two weeks. Or for, how, for these symptoms, symptoms to exist for at least two weeks. But I think similarly with anxiety, it's, it's something that you can't control. And it's something where like, you can be depressed and know that you're depressed and for me the most like the hardest part about depression is that like i can't fucking change it i can't, i'm like i'm so fucking sad right now and i do not want to be sad and i cannot stop of being sad and yeah. so that shit is just like yeah. super fucking frustrating and then
0: you get sad because you're fucking feeling sad right it's like running in a circle and you're going nowhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. So that sounds
3: like uh it's almost like having like a Outer body experience Mm. While you're in your body You know Where it's just like Oh I see that I'm sad And I'm upset that I'm sad But I'm also sad Mm -hmm.
2: Right And then I'm upset that I'm sad And that I see that I'm sad Yeah Yeah um, so it's kind of like, also guys, let's play a game. Can you tell which one of us suffers from anxiety and depression <laughs> and which one of us does not? <laughs> just just a fun game. Just, put it in the comments. Put it in the comment section. Let us, let us know what you think. Wink, wink. Yeah, and funny. I think a point to say about this, all of this, like all of these um, things that we are sharing right now are kind of come from the DSM-5, which is the yeah. diagnostic what is it called? Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. Mm-hmm. However, when you come from different cultures, when you come from different countries, these things can manifest differently. For example, mm-hmm. I've suffered from depression for most of my life. i suffered from anxiety for most of my life. But I come from the Dominican Republic where even if you're depressed, even if you're anxious, bitch, you got to function. Mm-hmm. You have to be funny, out. you have to be on it, and the symptoms manifest differently, mm-hmm. and the system manifests differently for gender, so, like, it, it looks differently. like, someone that is depressed who might be coming from a different country, it might not be that they are so sad that they can't get up, it might just be, like, their body hurts, or, like, something is, like, manifesting in them, or they feel weirdly sad, or they just feel uncomfortable, or angry all the time. Because I remember my anxiety earlier on manifesting in anger because that was the one feeling that was socially acceptable in my circle. Mm. Like saying that I couldn't do it because I felt sad wasn't acceptable. Mm. But
3: being angry was. Mm.
1: Wow. Mm. i never that's, heard somebody say that before. That's
3: super loaded. Too. Right.
1: And it was still depression. Yeah. It was just that, like
2: my psyche and body figure out a way of expressing it and not having to hide it in a way that I didn't feel threatened by. Well,
0: then, do you think anger is more accepted than sadness? In certain cultures, yes. And I'm, I am just keep thinking about, like, folks who, like, are in inner cities, who live in the hood, where there's a lot of violence, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where anger is, like, mostly seen and accepted. And mm-hmm. so, I don't think, like, could you ever see, like, a hood-ass nigga being sad? Or would he be, oh, would he try to be angry to right. cover up his I sadness mean, yes. or
3: you know yeah no absolutely it's a core emotion, right both anger because
0: mm, anger no, is a, like a surface I level emotion yeah I it's always
3: anger I don't think it's a core emotion like I think sadness yeah exactly right and yeah. so it's like it is the more acceptable one or in certain circles it is but to your point like it doesn't get at the core at the core right. of anger it's really sadness and it's there's been a loss and that's why you get angry right um that's, that's so interesting. Like, I yeah. never.
2: The same thing with my anxiety. Like, I am an introvert who's anxious. I've always been anxious. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I am from the R, and I never felt. Sorry for the Minnegans who felt comfortable, but I never felt comfortable being anxious or being an introvert in the R. Because, like, then it's like, oh, pero tú eres rara. Yeah. ¿Cuál tu problema? Like, what's wrong with mm-hmm. you? And it's like, bitch, like, life. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> And you find ways to cope and those ways to co- cope end up costing you a lot more later on because i think mm. we like there we all talk about how like our bodies keep a score mm. they keep a score with mm. trauma they keep a score of the shit that you try to hide and at some point or another it's gonna
1: catch up to you and be like "Ooh, you thought you was sick <laughs> right, right. but you weren't yeah. i also yeah. think about people like who don't have the choice to be to show anxiety and depression because they have to just depression. keep moving on with their fucking life. Like I think about I think about my, my my mother and how much that she might be like hurting on the inside, but she has no choice but to continue working her ass off on a daily fucking basis mm. and being a strong woman or just being like just just working in mm. in all senses of the word. Um, mm.
0: she has no choice. And I think what you're saying also, like, reminds me of, like, high-functioning, depressed mm-hmm. people, um, when you're, like, you're feeling depressed, right, but no one from the outside could ever see it, because you're still functioning, you're still going about your days, but maybe once you come in your apartment, you go into your room, shit falls apart, mm-hmm. yeah. but you still, like, you look like a normal person going through the motion, you know, and nobody could ever tell.
2: Hey, raise your hand if you're a highly functioning <laughs> <different laughs>
3: person.
0: <laughs> Woo! Sure oh yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I, I think what you said about like how certain environments or cultures like don't make space for you to like show up, like all parts of you to show up, mm-hmm. um, and how um, particularly like if you're if you have like an a- immigrant story or depending on like where. Where you are in in society where you are in in this culture and united statesian culture then like you don't it, it's almost like a privilege to be able to right. like show that and just like how like fucked up that that that, that really is um i feel like what, what you were saying about um uh g about like anger versus sadness is kind of what you were saying p around like I, I couldn't really be an introvert in Dominican culture because it's almost like that's not even part of the language. That's not even part That's not even part of the culture, really. Like, you can't be an introvert because then, like, if you're a man, you're gay. They'll, like, just write you off and just be like, oh, you're quiet, you've got to be gay. Mm-hmm. Or and if you're, like, a female or you're a woman, um, you know, and you're introverted, to Paola's point, it's like there's definitely something wrong with you. So it's just like, how do we make space? How do we... Like, say, like, yes, there's this part of you that is so real. You're not going crazy. Um, and, and, like, let, let's talk about it. Yeah. think about that a lot.
2: I look at my father, who I see a lot of myself in him. Because just so y'all know, if your parents suffer from anxiety, that is a risk factor mm-hmm. for you to then be able to, like, once you're older, manifest anxiety in your, mm-hmm. in your own life. Or anxiety symptoms in your life. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then my dad has this. My dad's a person with anxiety, 100%, depression. And my dad doesn't even know these terms, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know these terms, but I could see it. Like, when my dad gets overwhelmed, like, literally you. Because, like, when, you, when you're having, like, an anxiety moment, when you're about to have a panic attack, it's almost like everything's, like, the walls are closing in on you. It's like everything, it's like everything becomes a problem and then that problem becomes bigger and it becomes bigger and it snowballs and then you can't stop it and then you become like a crazy person. Um, not many of that in an offensive way, but like you just, you're overwhelmed. Your coping mechanisms are overwhelmed. And I see that in my dad all the time. Yet, because he has never had that treated, he, he doesn't know what it is, he just lives with it. Mm-hmm. It affects the way other people treat him mm-hmm. because he becomes too much. He becomes too mm-hmm. so much for other people to handle and no one knows what it is. And it's like, all he does is complain or, or he just becomes a lot to be around because anxiety, when you're, when you're having a, a moment of anxiety, other people around you can feel it. It's palpable.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You give that up that energy. energy. Yeah.
2: Right. So when you don't have wow. the privilege of experiencing these things, so you don't have the privilege of getting them treated, they still impact your life mm-hmm. negatively. Absolutely.
1: So what are some coping mechanisms For anxiety and depression? No, one time my when I was feeling really depressed and I went to my therapist and I was like, girl, I feel like I am literally sinking in a black hole. And she was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing that she shared with me, which was really, really helpful, was like, maybe you're not... Sinking in a black hole. Maybe you're just on a train and you're just passing some really dark mm. spaces. Oh, I love that. And I yeah. was like, "Bitch, you're right."
0: So
3: <laughs> I really love that. That's, That's very empowering. Because yeah.
0: I, when I think about my depression, I always used to call it like this dark hole that I like I'm inside and mm-hmm. I can't climb up I can't yeah. escape I have to sit there yep. and literally when I feel depressed and because I think I've used this image and this language around depression when mm. I do get depressed I sit in it and I feel like I'm obligated to mm. sit in it yeah. and feel all those emotions mm. yep. and I think that you know you like this new idea that you just said it it being like I'm on I'm on the train right yep. and yeah, I was going cool. through the motion that's and that's where I've got I think that's where I'm at right now in life with like years of therapy, mm. then I'm like, all right, Jervina, we're gonna feel sad, and it's okay. And tomorrow you'll wake up, and you'll be okay. And if not, it's okay. We have people who will like support you, and you'll keep it going. You know, rather yeah. than like, no, I deserve to feel mm. this amount of sadness. Like I'm gonna sit mm. here and embrace that shit. Right. And sometimes I got to a point where like I actually liked it. Mm. Like it was just all I knew. That I'm like I'm supposed to experience this. Like I'm supposed to feel this. That I'm like, I have to sit this, and sit in this, and I have to like, not enjoy it, but like I have to like, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, is you that know? like
3: like self loathing? Yeah.
0: Like yeah. that self hate, just
3: like you're you're punishing yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you something? deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Because like, what's at the core of the depression? A feeling of unworthiness. Yeah. i yeah. feeling yeah, okay. of, I'm that not that good sense. enough. I don't deserve anything good, yeah. and anything that I have that is good. I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where I personally feel like the biggest thing is having a strong support system. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by a strong support system, like, as someone who's a very high-functioning depressed person, like, I could literally be having the worst day. Suicidal, all the thing, And I'll be just laughing. Mm-hmm. And no one would ever know. Because I've learned to, that's how I learned to cope. That's how I function. That's how I keep myself moving forward. To survive. Right. And so, you need to figure out what is the support system and pinpoint those people and kind of like informally or formally even those responsibilities. Like, for me, my boyfriend is like that person. Like, I'm like, now you know. I don't know how to stop myself from protecting others because part of being a high-functioning depressed person is that like you're protecting the people around you. You're like, this is too much. You don't need to handle it. I'll handle it myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't need your input. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and then it's figuring out who are the people you're going to be vulnerable with. Mm. And for me, the person that I'm most directly vulnerable with is my partner. But then there's a person who just senses, and it's, this is
0: wild.
3: My mom. Oh, I mean, this yeah. woman, Mothers are just like,
0: she's just crazy. Nice. You know what's crazy? When I moved to New York, my mom sensed that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but we're not next to each other. And no, she's like when I told her me. Then when I told her, I was like, Yeah, mom, like I had I'm gonna call my psychiatrist, I need to up my dosage because I just haven't been feeling good. She was like, I knew it, I knew it. This is why I've been calling and asking you how you're doing and you're like, You're good and <laughs> you're good uh, and I'm like, Yeah, mom, I wasn't good, but I wasn't ready to tell you that I wasn't good because mm-hmm. I wanted to be an adult and take care of myself and not have you take care of me. But that shit is crazy. It is wild, yeah. like, I could not tell you the amount of times that my mom shows up in my
2: house unannounced. She's like, something's wrong with you. I know, you're not telling me, but something's wrong with you. So we're going to sit here for a day, two days, whatever amount of time it is, until I feel like you're okay because you're not going to tell me. Mm. Um, but I feel like my mom has seen like, a strong presence in my life, just like her connection to me. And then there's my sibling, there's my brother, who's also very connected to me, just knows. Like, my mom and my brother just know when I'm depressed when I don't tell them. And I feel like my partner's getting there too, but also having friends. Like, now I have a group of friends. Because I feel like talking about depression, talking about anxiety is taboo around a lot of people who are uncomfortable comfortable mm-hmm. with it. Yes, yes. absolutely. And I'm lucky to have a group of social workers where we have the language and we could talk about it and yeah. it's not scary, it's not overwhelming, but when
1: you have just regular schmegular friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> of which we're not, obviously.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think for me it's like I have a history of friends and there's at one point when I was comfortable talking about like taboo topics like y'all, like I was at a place where I'm comfortable talking about it and that's like a really important part of our friendship but I have friendships that are much older where like we're not at that, we weren't at that place when we, when we became friends and we're still, I don't think we're still at that place where we can even talk mm. about it no matter how close we are. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. And then the, and I feel like yes. that puts like
2: those relationships in a weird place, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, like, it's like, and what I've done with some people that I care mm. about in my life who are with me is like, I give them tools to support me. Because I'm like, I know you want to support me. And I know this is overwhelming. And I know that when I say these things, you don't know what to do. So here are things that you could do next time that I say that. And, and then it's up to them to either take it up or not. Mm-hmm. And But I do think that having a network of people who love yeah. you and care about you is, so, is such an important coping mechanism. And also recognizing negative and horrible coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I am someone who is notorious for having like the worst coping mechanisms in the world. Like You're what? not the only one. Like what? Like for me, when I feel, when my depression is, is living her best life and my anxiety is just shopping in my mall. She's just like, ooh, Gucci, Louis, <laughs> let's go. Um, What I, what I've learned to do to survive is to shut down. Yeah. Just, like, shut down all my emotions, and I'm just, like, a robot who's functioning and doing the things that she needs to do, Mm -hmm. and I have no control over this. Mm -hmm. It's, like, an automatic response. I just shut down. There's no emotions. I don't feel anything. I don't cry. I just feel empty. And then that is a very negative thing because that leads you to risky behaviors because you want to feel something. Mm. Right? So that is a, and and if you're able to recognize that risky behavior or that risky and like negative coping mechanism, then you could work on finding a more positive one to replace that with.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, so when I started being more vocal about being depressed and struggling with anxiety, I was always told, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Mm -hmm. Which I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I love praying. I love God. But, um, at the same time, I think, you know, it's great if you want to pray about your anxiety and depression at the same time, you, it's okay to seek additional help. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to talk to somebody else. Cause I think a lot of times in, um, very religious spaces, we're like, oh, we're not going to trust human, um,
3: science.
0: Yeah. Like humans and sciences because, you know. You're not going to put your faith in human hum- mm-hmm. humans, right? Yeah. You're going to just put it in God, which is great. But I think we should move away from like just saying just pray about it and also include other resources in addition to praying about it. Because I think it's great if you pray about it and you, you, know, you release it on and you put it somewhere else besides having it on your chest and carrying it. But at the same time, if it's clinically depression and anxiety, you need additional help and that's okay. Even if it's not just simply praying.
3: It's like both can coexist. Yeah. Of right. course. So like just
2: one. Can we say the biggest coping mechanism together? Of the count of three. One, two, three. Therapy! Therapy. <laughs>
0: okay. It gives you the language, the tools. It allows you to see the roots of where everything comes from. It, it puts everything together. It's like having a hype woman or a hype man or a hype person. You know, just, yeah.
2: It's like having a hype woman and a hype person in a
0: reflective journal. Yeah. At
2: the same time.
0: Oh yes. Yes. And somebody who tells you how it is too. Right. And, and will call you out. Call shit. you yeah. out on your shit. And the biggest thing
2: about therapy is that if your therapist if your therapist is good, you won't correlate those things that we just mentioned with that person. They will become you. Right, you become your own hype woman and your reflective oh, okay. journal. Okay, so you
3: don't become dependent on. Right, the, like, right, Like it's
2: like there are like your therapist is meant to be a bridge, a bridge between
3: this version of you and, and the version you want to be.
2: Exactly. Yes. If if your therapist is not a bridge, but they are the thing, then you need to
3: <laughs> reevaluate that. Yes.
2: Figure it out because. You're meant to be walking on that bridge, but you are the thing.
3: And so, um, so then what happens, you know, y'all talk about therapy or like how therapy has been helpful for, for, um, for kind of coping. Now, are you talking about like a psychiatrist? Are you talking about, um, you know, someone that does like talk therapy? Do you have two therapists? Uh, like, how does that work?
0: Da-da-da-da. So, <laughs>
3: um,
0: yeah, I think I was in therapy since, um, for about six years, I think, um, for depression and, and, and anxiety, and I got to a point where I'm just like, you know, this has been great, it's, it's helped me, but I need more. And so, I ended up seeing a, a psychiatrist, and I got put on um, inside depressant um, which I was always against for no reason. I think it was just the stigma. Like I never gave myself the, the space to think about if that's something I wanted to do. Um, and when I got put on meds, um, I was numb as fuck. Like I was, I had no emotions. Um, and then I changed my dosage and then I was fine. And it was like, I um had, like, this positive voice in the back of my mind that kind of, like, got me through whenever I felt sad or anxious. And so I have a psychiatrist and a therapist because my psychiatrist, I I really like her um because she, like, always asks me for my input and we always decide on things together, mm-hmm. right? Her, so rather than fun her fun. making the decisions for me, like, she's always, like... Do you want to up your dosage? Do you want to keep it? Because you're about to start school. It's about to be mm-hmm. an even more stressful time of the year for you. What do you want to do? And I'm like, mm, Lindsay, let's hold off because um, let's see if I could like, ride this wave, right? Oh, yeah. And then I'll text her. And the thing is, I can always text her, however I'm feeling. Um, and so, but also seeing a psychiatrist, she does a lot of... It's not like a therapist where, like, I'm talking about my feelings. It's just an update on how the med's been, Mm -hmm. if I want to stay at that dosage, everything that's been happening. And she, you know, she types it in because she has to report it. So that's the, and it's it's very different because there's a screen, there's a computer between her and I. Rather than therapy, it's just.
3: Oh, because mm you're in New York, you mean? Or no, when you be, like
0: when I'm in her office, she'll have her laptop, oh, which I is see. very weird going mm-hmm. to, being used to being, going to therapy and just, it's me and the therapist on her notepad and that's about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that laptop threw me off at first. Yeah. So like a psychiatrist is not someone you're going to be like, that's going to give you like therapy per se. So this is why in addition to a psychiatrist, you need a therapist. And also when you're on meds, meds work best when you're taking your meds. And you're going to therapy.
3: Yes, and that
0: is a proven fact because yes. last when I first started meds, I was going, I was doing meds and therapy, and I was Gucci. And right now, I'm not going to therapy because of all the fucking blah, 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 Long story short, um, <laughs> and like I could really use it. Mm-hmm. So both fucking both are a perfect combination, right? And the reason one the other.
3: why I asked is because I think it's that's an important distinction to make. I mean, uh, right? Like a uh, I think folks think about like um psychiatrists as therapists and, and they, no. they they're doctors right and so what they do is medication management right. mm-hmm. which which is important um, I think some psychiatrists you know the ones that are you know not, not all psychiatrists like not all therapists are kind of created equal and so some psychiatrists are really good about talking mm-hmm. through like what you're feeling I mean and they kind of have to it's part of their training part of the paperwork that they have to do they have to really understand that they have to understand your background so well that they know that what they're giving you is okay and that you can handle and you're not going to abuse it, right? So in that ki- in that sense, they're really good about um, asking certain questions and validating and affirming, but it's very different than, than going to a therapist that does talk therapy, and to Jirvina's point, the reason why it's so important to do both is because the meds are to stabilize you so that when you go... To your therapist to talk through your feelings, yeah. then the therapist is not battling with you know anxiety or with the depression, right? Yeah. They're they're battling they're having the the session with you, right? Um, because the medication has stabilized you to a point where you can actually get to the root, right? right? Because right. what y'all we were sharing was that you know it, it's like the foggy glasses, right? right? It's like when you have that, a, a, a therapist doing talk therapy is really tough to, to mm-hmm. do therapy if what you see is like foggy glass yeah. is, it's through the foggy glass you right. know right
0: and I think we're in such a like a medicated mm-hmm. um society that I think a lot of folks just think oh I'm gonna just take this pill and keep it moving yeah but like medic like antidepressants are just like a mood booster mm-hmm. and that's about it like you need it talk therapy yeah cause it doesn't to, get to, to, yeah to help your yeah. thoughts your emotions right. and everything to put it into place to process it the, yeah to process it um
3: like the the meds are um the medication is not going to. It's not
0: a happy pill. It's not gonna fix everything.
3: Right. It's and it's not gonna give you the the cope like it's, it's not gonna help you work through the the through yeah. the cycles right. right? Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, a lot of folks are like, I'm just gonna take this and that's it. No, right. that still comes from like within and from like right. the work. But the medication helps.
0: Yes, and I think therapy, in addition to taking meds, gives you like an insight. It's like that right. awareness and that insight. To help you to continue to push that anxiety forward. and depression
3: right. can take away. Right. Yes, exactly.
2: And I think at the end of the day, the biggest point is that um, when you suffer from anxiety and depression, it's almost like you're waiting. It's like this race, right? And you're like you're running, you're running, and you're trying to get to the end. But the finish line keeps the finish line keeps being keeps moving, moved yeah. up and up and up. Because at the end of the day, um, like with other any other ailment, there sometimes there won't be a finish line. Yeah, you're just on this road where there's gonna be times where it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna suck, and you're gonna feel like shit, and you're gonna be fine afterwards, and then you're probably gonna go back, or it could be that you go years without feeling it, or it was a one time thing, but you don't know, and so you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're building the support systems around you and the protective factors like the things that are gonna keep you up and keep yeah. you healthy and keep yeah, you alive so that when, if and when it happens,
0: you're prepared yeah, mm-hmm. and it's okay to also like, seek an extra help and I think what my meds did was give me that extra help, but I think a lot of times for like people of color, it's always like, oh I gotta be strong, I gotta be strong, I gotta do this shit on my own, but I got to a point where I was like I can't do this shit on my own and that's okay and I need to take this so I can live my life and achieve all the things I want to achieve you know, and it's fine Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And I feel like I, I feel like I identify with that a lot. Like if you're for like I've come a very long way, y'all. Like I'm not i I'm not a first gen. I'm like an immigrant ass person. You know what I mean? Like I came to this country when I was fourteen, so that sense of like figuring it out on my own is very much true to everything that I've ever learned. Mm-hmm. Everything that I am. To figure it out, to just like push through. Like you know, like I remember being like a child and, and like falling down and like scraping my knees and my mom being like Dose yourself off, get the fuck up, keep it moving, keep it pushing. Or my mom calling me Dolores because I was always I will always complain about pain. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, Yeah, which literally means pain. Oh, okay. Pain, she would be yeah. like, You're always hurting, so I'm just gonna call you Dolores. And then that becoming like a shameful thing. Like mm-hmm. because I'm always complaining, now I'm not I'm attached you to this thing. You things. can't
3: complain, mm-hmm. it's not allowed.
2: Exactly. You need to be strong. You need to and so it's taking me 27 years to come 27 years of like fighting this to realize that I need medication to like own my great because this Mm -hmm. this is what it's all about owning your greatness we're all great and depression and anxiety are barriers to owning your greatness yeah so it's like you need to do whatever it is that you need to do to get to that point when you could own and be accountable to your greatness
0: yeah and I think also try to you know take some time to figure out where your anxiety or depression is coming from I know my anxiety comes from when I'm when I have to do some have to quote unquote something that I don't want to do I get depressed when I'm like in white spaces and I think being in white spaces for so fucking long that it has caused me to be like at a constant state of anxiety with all the shit that goes into being in a white space as a person as a black woman but also I've learned that like I get anxious when I don't when I when I'm doing something I don't want to do so checking with yourself to figure out like why where's this anxiety coming from you know, because sometimes it has a reason and sometimes it just comes because you're just stressed out.
2: Yo, like that. Ass. Sometimes I be living my best life, like literally I be having that thought in my head. I'm like oh my god, I'm living my best life. Next second it's like fear nervousness and i'm like right. oh my god yeah. that like, happens yes. to me Then i'm
0: like i'm gonna be humble <laughs> yeah. depression comes out of nowhere just slaps you in the face Right, anxiety is yeah. right.
2: like oh you thought you was no not anymore you're not
1: right. mm. um i don't know but we're working through it and i really like what you said about doing what you can to own your grief That even if we can't help these, you know, anxiety and depression from affecting us, but we can be responsible for our own greatness in a way to, yeah. to tackle it, right? And, and be like, I'm not unworthy of feeling happy and mm-hmm. feeling unafraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And it's like we're all...
0: Tattooed that on my ass. Yeah. Yes! yes. 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 <laughs> I
1: actually yes. want a tattoo
0: on my ass, so I might quote that cursive
1: or <laughs> block person. letters. Cursive, quote me, please. Quote me, <laughs> Give me on my ass. Then. Give credit where credit is due, honey.
2: All right, y'all. So we're going into recommendations, as y'all know, and I think that depending on what it is going on, I feel like for anxiety, one of the biggest things is introspection. Is Figuring out what is something that's causing this anxiety, what is going on inside me, and what a lot of us have found helpful is meditation. And that shit is really hard. But don't you think that you need to sit with your legs crossed and your fingers together and arm? Um, that doesn't <laughs> need to look like that. You know, you could be in your bed before you go to sleep and give yourself 10 minutes to really sit and think and analyze your body and have a moment of. Um, what's that shit called? Clarity? Yes, but also, um, what is it? Mindful? Mindfulness. Mindful, to have a yes. moment of mindfulness to analyze your body and see where am I holding? Where am I holding this anxiety? Where is this anxiety taking over in my body? And then, and then letting it go. Um, there's a few apps, like I really like Headspace. The guy has an accent. I like the <laughs> accent. So I, I know. Josie doesn't like the accent. There's multiple apps. Figure out the one you like. I think that the biggest thing is finding a voice that you like so that you could listen to, um, and that would be helpful. Or you could just do meditation in whatever way you feel like
3: it might work for you.
1: I like the app Breathe, and I heard that there's also an app called Insight Timer. Oh, I like Insight Timer. Okay. And um, No, no, no. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I haven't tried it, but I've been meaning to. Um, And I think the other thing about meditation is that it doesn't have to be just like before you sleep. It could be like, you know, like if you're on the train, like sometimes I've used that um, as a helpful way to calm myself down before work when I've been feeling really um, uh, anxious about work and unworthy about me doing a good job or whatever um and they have different on these apps they have different like settings they have different timers and i think they also have different voices yeah. so you can just play around with that like paula said just find what works for you and i think
2: overall like if you're having a really anxious moment i think like grounding yourself and having grounding techniques and i'm going to explain what i mean by that so like let's say that like, you're at your job and you just feel really really fucking anxious what would be helpful is like take your palms and place them on your thighs right so that you're touching something and you're grounding yourself literally you could place them on your desk if you feel comfortable and then take three deep breaths where you inhale for four seconds and you exhale for four seconds it's better if you go to the bathroom so people cannot see you and you don't feel judged and then after you do that like have a second where you could ask yourself what is causing me to feel this way where is this coming from Because if you're able to pinpoint what is causing your anxiety, that automatically decreases your anxiety. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, if you can't do any of these things, just doing the breath will automatically cause you to feel calmer. So I think that that's really helpful. However, when it comes to depression, um, I think that it's very important for you to reach for help. Especially if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you're having suicidal ideation, Find a therapist, reach out to somebody. And if you don't have a therapist, reach out to a friend, a family member, someone that you feel comfortable with. Because at the end of your life, at the end of the day, your life is worth it. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You're an amazing human being. And it would be a disservice to everyone in your life, everyone you love, if we didn't have you in this earth. So figure out someone that you can reach out to when you're feeling really low and reach out to that person. Have a go to. And remind yourself that you're fucking here for a reason and that you're the motherfucking bomb and you're great. And at the moment, you might not feel it, but that's not you. That's a chemical imbalance in your brain making you feel like you're not worthy because you are so motherfucking worthy.
3: Shit.
0: Yes. Shout out to worthiness. Er. And that's it. All right. Bang. <laughs>